Good afternoon, Mark Madison here on Books and People. Today, I'm going to talk about my new book, An Old Light Through New Windows, 52 Questions to Change Your Life. I've been sending these books to clients and getting a tremendous response, and so I thought I'd share some of the insights, some of my favorite chapters. Let's start with, what are you grateful for? Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, and a stranger into a friend. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. Melody. Gratitude is an action word. Take your gratitude and put it on your feet. The science of psychoneuroimmunology introduced to a wider audience by Norm Cousins in the 1980s through his best-selling book, Anatomy of an Illness, as perceived by the patient, proves that gratitude affects our health. From the Norman Cousins Center website, the Norman Cousins Center for Psychoneuroimmunology at UCLA investigates the interactions between the brain and the body, the role of psychological well-being for health and recovery from illness and the translation of such knowledge into effective behavioral strategies that prevent disease, promote healing, and enhance well-being across the lifespan. You see, positive emotions strengthen our immune system, which enables us to resist disease and recover more quickly from illness. Gratitude, optimism, laughter, all serve to release endorphins into the bloodstream. Endorphins are the body's natural painkillers that stimulate dilation of the blood vessels, which leads to a relaxed heart. Conversely, negative emotions such as worry, anger, resentment, fear, self-pity, hopelessness, slow down the movement of disease-fighting white cells and contribute to the development of stroke and heart disease by dumping high levels of adrenaline into the bloodstream. In other words, fear kills, faith heals. We all need freedom from fear, the title of my first book, available at www.sparkingsuccess.net. So freedom from fear. Yeah, I'm a true believer. Why? Five years ago, I was at death's door. Three days after my surgery in 2007, I had a foot of my colon removed. I was not processing food. I was rushed back to the hospital a second time and the doctors removed my appendix and more of my colon. I should have died twice. During my recovery, I read up on the science of healing and I've made it a point to give thanks every day, aloud and on paper. I also made it a point to laugh every day. Moreover, I'm on a mission to make other people laugh every day as well. Laugh, love, learn, leverage, and leave a legacy. I've made that time every day since 2007 to live those five L's. You cannot be grateful and unhappy at the same time. There are certain laws that operate whether we're aware of them or not. They're timeless laws, immutable principles that just are. Gratitude is one of those mysterious laws. The more gratitude we have, the more abundance we receive. The more cynical and ungrateful we are, the less we get. By becoming grateful, we set in motion a kind of magnet, attracting people, emotions, and attitudes that foster abundance. Look, I don't completely understand it, but hey, I don't understand why my wife likes flowers. I buy them, they eventually die and are thrown away. However, I understand the effect. Oh, she exclaims. So I keep buying them. Gratitude's like that. When you combine gratitude with positive expectations, something magic happens. You become an inverse paranoid, somebody who feels strongly that the world is out to give them something special. 
you become someone who believes the world is good. Great things just start happening. Great people show up in your life. Great days become the norm. So just how do I foster an attitude of gratitude? Well, let's begin by making a list, a gratitude list. What are 10 things for which you are grateful? Take a few minutes. Now, if you're driving, obviously, you just think about it. But if you're sitting someplace where you can write, grab your journal and make your lists now. I'm going to assume now that you've made a list. Here's a few from mine. Being on this side of the grass, my family, my health, my mind, my friends, both old friends and new, the opportunity to speak around the world, living in the USA, and great books and coffee. When you find yourself having a tough day, grab a pen and a paper and make a list. What makes you smile? What's great about your life right now? It's impossible to be in the light and the darkness at the same time. They cannot coexist. When you focus on what you're grateful for, pessimism, cynicism, and negative attitudes disappear. You're transformed. I've made hundreds of these lists over the last 30 years. They're truly magical. Optimism will sneak up on you in the process. And guess what? Optimists live longer than pessimists do, and they have a better time along the way. Appropriate, isn't it? I don't have to chase extraordinary moments to find happiness. It's right in front of me. I only have to pay attention and practice gratitude to see it. So there it is. One day, shortly after my surgery, I wrote down a simple philosophy of life. I remind myself each day to remember to consciously do six things. Work smart. Be kind. Have fun. Keep learning. Help others and give thanks. I try to hold fast to the truth that a full and thankful heart cannot entertain great conceits. When brimming with gratitude, one's heartbeat must surely result in outgoing love, the finest emotion we can ever know. Bill Wilson, co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous. So how about you? What are you grateful for? I'd love to hear from you. What books do you read and why? The books you don't read won't help. And people who don't read are no better off than those that don't know how to read. Jim Rohn. I'm writing this sitting on my deck, looking out over Puget Sound in lovely Edmonds, Washington. A town so boring when the tide goes out, it doesn't come back in. The sea is calm, the sky is an azure blue, and I have some extra time on my hands. I've been on a not so secret mission to inspire my friends, family, and clients to read great books since 1990. If you've subscribed to my electronic newsletter since 2003, you know I profile a book of the month. For a free subscription to my e-newsletter, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net and click on the red subscription now button. What qualifies me to make these suggestions? Simple. I read two books a week. I have for over 30 years. Look, I'm not bragging. Hey, I'm the guy who had a year of junior college and I flunked high school English. But what I am saying is after reading over 3,100 books for the last three decades in every genre, biographies, self-help, spiritual, history, business, sales, leadership, wellness, nutrition, I have a unique perspective. For every one book on the following list, 
there are five that didn't make the cut. Every one of these books inspired me to take action, change my awareness, lit a fire, gave me hope, and filled my mind with a unique perspective on life and business. The men and women who wrote these books spent years reading many more books than I ever did. And some of the best books ever written came out of the toughest times in US history. Two of the books on the list, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People and Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich were written in the teeth of the Great Depression. Challenging times call for great minds to step up and offer solutions. We find ourselves in challenging times once again. Some of these books are all-time classics. They might not be on Oprah's list, but hey, they'll inspire and instruct you to take your game to the next level. Oscar Wilde said it best. If one cannot enjoy reading a book over and over again, there's no use in reading it at all. So here's my list. Many of these books I've read more than once. Uh, number one, Freedom from Fear. What kind of author would I be if I don't mention my own book? Two, Creative Visualization by Shakti Gowan. Three, Mindset by Carol Dweck. Chop Wood and Carry Water by Joseph Medcalf. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen, an extraordinary memoir. A Year of Living Kindly by my friend Donna Cameron. Born Standing Up by Steve Martin. The Rise of Theodore Roosevelt by Edmund Morris. It won a Pulitzer. It's my favorite book on Teddy Roosevelt. Sting's book, Broken Music. On Writing by Stephen King, the only nonfiction book he wrote. Body for Life by Bill Phillips. It's the book that inspired lose 50 pounds and 10 inches off my waist. That book's amazing. It's About Time by Mark Madison. The Culture Code by Daniel Coyle. Good to Great by Jim Collins. Mind Gym by Gary Mack. Wooden on Leadership by John Wooden. Atomic Habits by James Clear. The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle. Marketing Your Dreams by Pat Williams. Unbroken, Laura Hildebrand. How to Raise Positive Kids in a Negative World, Zig Ziglar. How to Sell Anything to Anybody by Joe Girard. Learned Optimism by Martin Seligman. Toughness by Jay Billis. Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. The Godfather by Mario Puzo. The Unknown Lincoln by Dale Carnegie. Freedom from Fear Forever by Yours Truly. Acres of Diamonds by Russell Conwell. How to Read a Person Like a Book by Gerard Nirenberg. How to Deal with Nasty People Without Becoming One of Them by Jay Carter. Moby Dick by Herman Melville. The History and Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, Edward Gibbon. The Essays of Emerson by Ralph Waldo. Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck. Old Man in the Sea by Ernest Hemingway. Hamlet by Shakespeare. The Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. The Bible, The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde, Robinson Crusoe by Daniel Defoe, Pygmalion by George Bernard Shaw, the, autobi the Autobiography of Ben Franklin by Ben Franklin, who, by the way, invented the genre of self-help and biographies, Aesop's Fables, Animal Farm by George Orwell. Walden by Henry David Thoreau. And finally, The Last of the Mohicans by James Fenimore. Will Rogers is one of my heroes. Although his biography didn't make the list, he had a unique and often hilarious perspective. He said, there are three kinds of men, 
the one that learns by reading, the few who learn by observation, and the rest of them that have to pee on an electric fence for themselves. <laughs> I like that. Ben Franklin advised either write something worth reading or do something worth writing about. If you're reading this, you're practicing social distancing and have some extra time on your hands. Why not choose a book from the list and read for 20 or 30 minutes a day? Your life will never be the same. Now, where did I put my copy of Moby Dick? I just saw a whale in the harbor. Next, let's see here. Oh yes, are you in the CIA? You can make more friends in two minutes by coming genuinely interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get them interested in you, Dale Carnegie. I was speaking in Las Vegas and had the pleasure of seeing a presentation by Max Major, a magician and mentalist. He was extraordinary. The illusions, his fluid off and hilarious magic was over the top, knock your socks off amazing. He is an example of how to build rapport with strangers by communicating a simple three-step formula. Compliment, introduction, ask. As he explained the process, I thought, wait a minute, I've been doing this for years. As I jotted down the formula, it hit me. I'll just create a simple acronym to remember. I'll call it CIA. Here's an example of the system in action, in my own words. Compliment. I always arrive at least an hour before presenting a keynote or a seminar, and invariably an early bird will show up 30 or 40 minutes beforehand. If it's a man in his 50s or 60s with an impressive head of hair, because I don't have one, I'll approach him and say, you have way too much hair for a guy your age. They always smile. Sometimes they tell me a story. It always elicits a positive response. Next, introduction. Hi, I'm Mark Madison. I'm the speaker this morning. Really nice to meet you. So I'm glad you came. Where did you come in from? Ask. Now I have a real connection. If he is with his wife, I'll ask, how did you two meet? Or if he's alone, I'll say, so what do you do for the company? Followed closely by, where did you come in from? Then I listen actively, smiling, leaning forward, nodding, and occasionally paraphrasing. It never fails. They always appreciate my approach. I made a friend. The whole process takes a minute or two. And by the way, I do this all the time when I'm out in public. I did it at a Starbucks today. In fact, the gentleman standing in front of me was probably in his mid-50s. And I said, it's nice you brought your daughter with you. And it's clearly his wife. And he burst out laughing. And then he smiled. And he said, good to see you. Everyone you meet is looking for three things. Appreciation, respect, and understanding. Mary Kay Ash, who built a billion dollar cosmetic business, used to tell her sales professionals, ladies, every woman you meet has a stamp on her forehead that says, make me feel important. So let's do that with every woman you meet and then sell her the makeup to cover it up. Is it time to adopt this habit with everyone you meet? It's so simple. Why not join the CIA? You don't have to be Jack Ryan to make this happen. You can make more friends in two minutes by being genuinely interested in them than trying for two years to get them interested in you. If you wanna be interesting to others, be interested in them first and always. And never hesitate to be hearty in your approbation and lavish in your praise. I need to send Max Major a thank you note. He reminded me how important it is to build rapport and influence others by being other-centered. It's not magic, it's just uncommon sense. The last chapter I'd like to go over this morning 
is what have mentors taught me? In learning, you'll teach. In teaching, you'll learn. Phil Collins. Recently, on a three-hour drive to our condo in Lake Chelan, I listened to Meditations by Marcus Aurelius on audible.com. Though I have the book, listening impacts a different part of the brain. The wise old Roman begins by listing what he learned from various mentors. It was a laudable list of brilliant minds from the early Roman thinkers like Maximus, Socrates. Marcus was a sponge. It got me thinking about what I learned from various mentors over the years, going all the way back to the eighth grade. Who were my mentors and what did they, what did they teach me? Bob Stalder, my eighth grade woodshop teacher. When you start a project, see it through to the end. Finish what you start. Give all your attention to the task at hand. Focused effort creates a solid end result. If you love what you do, it's not work, it's play. I did 31 extra credit drawings for Mr. Stoller's mechanical drawing class and got the only A plus he ever gave anyone. Bruce Evans, my sophomore basketball coach. Mark is hot, get him the ball. If your player's hot, keep him in until he's not. Score off a pass, not off a dribble. What wins basketball games? It's simple, not easy. Defense, free throws, and rebounds. Susan Hall, my 11th grade German teacher. You're better than this, Mark. She had high expectations for all her kids, but me in particular. Immerse yourself into the language. Watch German films, eat at German restaurants, associate with German-speaking people. Speak as often as you can. My mother-in-law was German, who knew? Come speak to this group of kids at the high school. You have a great story of transformation to tell. She pushed me into the speaking business without me knowing it. Danke sehr, Frau Hall. Bob Wilkes, journeyman pipe fitter. Be a sponge, borrow boldly from the best. Become a student of the craft, observe, ask questions, and most importantly, learn from your mistakes. You have a responsibility to the customer to fix it right the first time. Thank the customer for the privilege of serving them. They're the reason you have a job. Bob is a great teacher. Les Dix, National Sales Manager of the Year at Xerox, my first sales mentor. If your boss says present two proposals a week, you do four. Sales is a numbers game. The first six months, no one expects you to sell much. Go the extra mile. Sales is simple. It's about activity and attitude. People buy from you for four reasons, trust, relationship, competency, and timing. Bob Moad, international speaker, coach, facilitator. Compare and compete with your own best self. Stop comparing yourself to others. First, we work on goals and they work on us. Affirm your goals and relax. Repetition is the mother of skill. Flip back on a previous win and remember it. Refeel the positive emotion. Then fast forward to the next new goal. Memory and imagination are powerful twin pillars of goal achievement. And let go of resentment, righteousness, and guilt. Life's too short to be chained to the past. It's over and done. Charlie Tremendous Jones, best-selling author, publisher, international speaker. Charlie used to say, you'll be the same person in five years except for two things, people you meet and the books you read. Huh, where have we heard that before? People who don't read have no advantage over people who don't know how to read. It's a kind of chosen illiteracy. The books you don't read help. And the last thing he used to say was, when you hug somebody who lets go first, 
that'll ruin every hug you've ever had for the rest of your life. Zig Ziglar, international speaker, best-selling author. Every year, actually the way Zig used to say it was, every year get a checkup from the neck up. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And it really is true. You can have everything you want in life. I mean, everything you want if you just help enough other people get what they want first. That's how he said it. Jim Rohn, author, speaker, business philosopher. Discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. You cannot change your destination overnight, but you can change your direction overnight. Success is doing ordinary things extraordinarily well. And Earl Nightingale, maybe the most inspirational mentor I had. He said, the one thing you cannot hide except by silence is your vocabulary. Go to work on the words that you know. He also said the strangest secret in the world, we become what we think about. I'm gonna say that again, because that's what Earl did. We become what we think about. It's the strangest secret in the world. Exceptional people have adopted two unique philosophies. First, they're grateful. The second is they're expectant. Gratitude and optimism. Consider the opposite, sarcasm and pessimism. Which will you choose? So who were your mentors? What did you learn from them? A little personal reflection will uncover insight that you didn't know you'd adopted. You're smarter than you give yourself credit for. I'd love to hear your list. I need to reread meditations. Marcus Aurelius knew a few things. So there it is. There are some of my favorite chapters from my new book, Old Light Through New Windows, 52 Questions to Change Your Life. You can get it on my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net, or you can go on Amazon, or you can call me to get your signed copy. And I also offer bulk discounts. So I would leave you with this thought. Make it a great day unless you have other plans. Thanks for letting me play in your sandbox. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454. Or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association or order one of my books, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net. And remember, make it a great day, unless you have other plans. <laughs>